Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Hello everyone, I'm Ani Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism. Give it all a good hard shake and pour. Dress it with the olives of grace and empathy. Sit back, step slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks so much for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini, the show that tries to sort out what's true, what's a woo, and what gets flushed down the loo. In today's, the people on this planet need a round of colonics. They have become so weak-minded the truth sends them into histrionics. The foundations of the newly awakened are severely shaken. There is pain in realizing the darkness in which they have willingly partaken. Upside down, everyone wears a frown. Kamala Harris is a retarded apology of a clown, bemusing yet somehow often amusing dysfunctional little world. As always, my darlings, we try to do this with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day. As always, my darlings, we are rarely successful, but we are on a bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, the Metaphysical Martini Show, we do love the odd shot now and then. Yes, we do. In fact, let me take a sip of today's drinky poo and let me see if it's a winner or a sinner. So hold on. Don't go away. Sipping is happening. Hold on. Mm. 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 Ooh, wahaha. Ooh, lovely, balanced, and potent. I better go slow on that one. Well, welcome, everyone. If you're joining us for the first time, be advised this show is not politically correct, as we do not wish to erode the intellect. Political correctness serves only one purpose to restrict freedom of expression and, consequently, the expansion of consciousness. So we don't engage in any of that globalist, Luciferian mind mashup. We are perfectly fine with common sense, common courtesy, and common decency. We do not approve of the dumb them down and sexualize them agenda because we're decent people. And because martini heads are aware of how the world works, we're aware of who runs it and why. And we know the cabal's ultimate goal is massive depopulation, followed by transhumanizing the remnants of the human race before creating a post-human society of obedient, compliant, lobotomized automatons. And if I may say so, some of you are doing your very best to help that agenda become a reality. Some of you out there have decided to self-lobotomize and submit to whatever the corporate overlords dictate. Darlings, don't be so silly. That is such a waste of an incarnation. 
I mean, are you really going to choose obedience over authenticity? I mean, how proud will you be when you review your lives on the other side? I mean, knowing you extinguish the divine spark within, knowing that you threw common sense out of the window and engaged in grievous self-harm and harm to others because you either didn't take the time to really process your feelings or you were so desperate in wanting to remain in this matrix of perpetual enslavement. To those of you who resisted, huzzah, you are magnificent people and courage, oh my god, courage over cowardice and it was not easy, the campaign was relentless but you did it and I love you all, smoochy smoochy kissy kissy mwah, mwah. And for the other people, you know, sometimes people do write in and say, your comments are a bit harsh. Look, how else would you describe it? Because, again, if you knew what you were doing, but you still went ahead and do it and did it, if you were honest with yourself, I mean, this is not just, this is not just any old day in our planet's civilization. You know, this is major, this is pivotal, ascension, depends on this. And so we must be honest with ourselves, not so that we can berate ourselves, so that we can learn from our mistakes. If you are honest, you could have said no. No, I won't inject myself with the bioweapon to keep my paycheck. No, I won't partake in the mass depopulation agenda. No, I won't pass these corrupt genes onto my progeny. No, I won't be an idiot and fear the act of breathing. And no, I won't fall for the oldest trick in the book and acquiesce to immorality, to insanity for the sake of acceptance and a quiet life. And if my words trigger you and you feel pain, I, I, it's growth, darlings, that's all it is. It's growth. Embrace it. You know, you're living in a world where mainstream news, lamestream news, exists solely to create fear, rage and desire. I will repeat that, fear, rage, and desire. They're not here to tell you the news. If you learn this, you will free yourselves from psychosis. And when you learn this and embrace it, you will regain the ancient divine gnosis. You will be back into your intuitive divine selves and you won't buy this BS from anyone. You know, right now, um, there's this popular train of thought going around and we've talked about this before, but we're going to talk about it again. Um, it goes something like this. Well, we were all frightened and, you know, and this didn't happen until disclosure started coming out. Right. So we were all frightened and we all said things we didn't mean. So let's give each other a break and let each other off the hook. So, you know, here's my take on that. I'm not on a hook. I wasn't frightened because some overpaid, white-coated, propagandist minion of the deep state spewed lie after lie on television. I own my mind and I decide what's true and what's poo. I was concerned because I saw billions of people fall for these lies. I was concerned because I saw billions of people eagerly line up to taint the human gene pool and in many cases, many more than originally thought, commit suicide by doing so. But I didn't take it personally. And that's not easy. 
But I didn't take it personally because it's none of my business, except that I live on this planet too, and we all have to drink from the same pot of soup, and some of you are spitting and shitting in it, and it's not good. But I made a point not to take it personally, as did millions of others like me, when we were mocked and attacked for refusing to wear a mask and refusing to inject ourselves with demonic filth. Taking it personally would only serve to feed the ego programming, and the ego programming is the reason everybody fell for this BS in the first place. I would be lying if I said it didn't hurt me to see people cower in fear and allow themselves to be bullied into committing grievous bodily self-harm. It did hurt a bit. Well, my job is to point out the truth, and I have no right to expect people to take my advice, no matter how obvious the things I point out are. What's my point? I'm not the one who put you on the hook. People like me are not the ones who put you on the hook. You did that all by yourselves. They baited you relentlessly, I know. They baited you with tainted bait. And some of you resisted for a while, but others... Others went out and bit that little bugger like it was the last semi-calf, no-fat, vanilla, vegan latte in Wokelandia. But you can unhook yourselves by engaging in a little, in a little game called self-honesty. You are the ones who have to forgive yourselves and make peace with your actions. No matter how judgmental and condemning we sound, um, that's not really what we're about. You know, this self-forgiveness thing, it's a process for sure. It's called the game of life and how to play it. It's called growth. It's the reason we have physical incarnations, you know, to awaken in the full glory of spirit while in physical form, to illuminate the soul and let the spirit inhabit the human. I meant every word I said. I do not regret a single syllable. And if you had listened a little better to the voice of your inner divine, instead of the voice of mainstream news propaganda, we wouldn't be burying so many of our friends today. We tried to warn you. We allowed our careers to be derailed. It was not fun. We allowed our bank accounts to dwindle. That particularly was not fun. And we put up with friends and family and clients calling us murderers. But I'll tell you what we didn't do. We didn't comply just to get by because we knew what was on the line here. The future of our civilization, no less. I remember my own mother, who, um, who knows what the jab is and didn't take it. About a year, a year and a half ago, uh, she was dying in a California hospital. And the doctor called me up and told me to come quickly to say goodbye. But I couldn't come and see her unless I was vaccinated. Well, I refused, of course, and guess what? My mother, who apparently has the immune system and tenacity of a wild Mongolian yak, came back from the brink of death and is still with us. And she's up and about and cooking enough Armenian food to feed the entire California National Guard. We didn't compromise our principles. And she would have been devastated if I'd have got myself vaccinated just to go see her. We who tried to warn you meant every word we said. It's your hook. It's your responsibility to take yourselves off it. There is no need to be ashamed because the relentlessness of that campaign. My God. So don't be ashamed. And if you're too proud to speak with those whom you previously mocked and rejected, please know this. No sane person wants vindication or revenge.
All we want is for you to wake up and see through the illusion. And your apology, if you want to make one, should be made for your sake, not ours, because your apology is not a reason for us to celebrate. Your awakening and your engagement in restoring the Republic is that we will celebrate. Well, I'm going to drink to everyone who's waking up and having the guts to deal with it. God bless you. There's a lot of love for you here. Cheers. Mm. My golly, that is strong. Okay. <clears throat> Shall we get on with the show? Let's do it. Let's do it. And let's start as we almost always do with quack questions, answers and comments. If you would like to share the musings of your minds with martini heads across the globe, send your emails to me, Arnie at ArnieAvidician.com, or via snail mail to Cosmic Arnie, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon 9707, USA. And please let me know if and how you wish to be identified, or I shall refer to you as omit personal details. So let's shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and see what pops up. Shaky, 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 shaky. Oh, and a, a quick word to the less than wise. If you send me a hate meal, hate meal, send me a meal, I'm hungry. If you send me hate mail, it might serve you better if you don't include your return address. Um, you know, if it's violent in nature, it's going to go to the local cop shop anyway. And the rest, well, we just have a good laugh over it and we shred it. Okay, I think half the world has completely lost their minds these days. Um, our first email is from Carlos in Paso Robles. I think we've heard from you before, uh, Carlos. And Carlos says, Dear Mad Ani, do you think Tucker Carlson would make a good president? <laughs> um, Carlos, if you mean president of the USA, then my answer is going to be no. He is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing, and I think he's doing it very well. I'll tell you who would make a good president. Donald Trump. In fact, he is the president, and he knows it, and he's in it for the long haul. He is to corruption what Terminex is to pestilence. I think we should tent the entire hill and saturate it with Trump truth bombs. And then we should let it sit a while and go back the next day and remove the corpses of the insects who sold their country for money, sex and the blood of innocent children. Quite literally, the blood of innocent children. But uh, thanks for checking in again, Carlos. Um, always good to hear from you. And this next one is from Omit Personal Details, who says, Dear Mad Shaman Ani, what would happen if we had no federal government, only state government. Oh, well, let me think about that for a very, very long time. OK, I've thought about it now. Um, we wouldn't have a country, dear, would we? We would have a series of feudal states and a logistics nightmare. We need a federal government. This is the way that we have made our world today. Um, we need a small federal government, a limited federal government, dedicated to the protection of sovereign rights and to increasing the prosperity of its people and consequently the entire nation. We don't really want to go back to being little tiny states. It, it's just not going to work. But thanks for writing in, whoever you are. 
All right, let's move on. Let me have another little sip of this thing. Although I did say I was going to go slow, I'll sip very slowly. Hold on. Mm. I should chill this a little better next time. I think it would. Mm, I think that might be good. All right, where was I? Where was I? Oh, yeah, this is from Brianna, who says, Ani, I would like to know your definition of the word zombie. Would you? Okay, well, I'll tell you what it is. Um, my definition of the word zombie, someone who is controlled by another. And that can take many forms. It can be someone who works all day in a job they hate, then comes home and guzzles beer or ice cream to kill the pain, and then lets the television program their mind to repeat the process day in, day out. Or it can be someone who is too heavily medicated to have a meaningful life. It can be a young idealist with no capacity for anything beyond acting on unprocessed feelings. Um, people who fall prey to some insane woke agenda. A zombie for me is someone who does not own and run their own mind. Uh, I like the word automaton. You see, that's what a zombie is for me. Okay. And here's a postcard from a chap called John, who, and this is from Alicante in Spain. Um, John is currently vacationing in Alicante in Spain. And, you know, I've been there and I had a jolly good time. I had, um, at some point, I had family living in Spain near Malaga quite a few years ago, and I did enjoy some vacations there. Uh, all right, uh, what's next? Um, oh, I'm still on John. I haven't answered his question. <laughs> anyway, John says, Ani. I just wanted to wish you, I just want, what did you say? What do you write? Oh, yes. D difficult to read sometimes um, on postcards. I just wanted to wish you, I just wanted to say, wish you were here. That's it. I just wanted to say, wish you were here. Would love to chat with you about metaphysics on the beach with a martini. <gasps> Me too, John. <laughs> you know, I could really use a long beach vacation, you know, somewhere warm. Um, I like the Oregon coast, but it's not warm. And uh, sometimes if you get into the water here, uh, you could die of cold shock if the riptides don't get you first. Um, thank you, John. Um, thank you. Uh, send me a ticket. <laughs> send me a ticket. My, uh, my PO box number is on the website. Send me a ticket and I'll be right there. All right, what else, what else? This is from Jewel and I, I mean, I'm sure there's more than one jewel in the world, but I do believe we have heard from this jewel before. Uh, jewel says, Dear Annie, um, some advice, please. I would like to see a medium and have my Akashic records read. The ones I've looked at are very expensive and I don't want to waste my money. Do you have a favorite medium? Someone accurate and reliable who won't cost me a month's mortgage? Well, they do charge a bit, darling. But then again, how many people do you know who can open a channel to the other side? You know, you're not paying for the one hour session. You're paying for the years of training and refinement of their skills. Actually, I do. Um, I do have a go to medium. Her name is Cynthia Slon, S-L-O-N. And her website is Cynthia Slon, the number nine dot com. Um, my advice for making the most of your session with any medium is be clear about what you want from them. Make a list of your questions 
and be sure to tell them that you want to ask questions so you don't run out of time because some mediums will start off by doing a cold reading. They just connect with you and then you start blah, 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 blah. They start talking. So also make sure they record the session and it doesn't hurt for you to make your own recording on your phone if you can. Uh, because a great deal of information is shared during these sessions. And in my experience, you need to listen to a recording a few times to absorb it all. So yes, Cynthia Sloan, S-L-O-N, Cynthia Sloan, number nine, dot com. Uh, she's really very good. And uh, as far as expense goes, she is one of the top 10% in being a decent psychic, a really good psychic, but she's not in the top 10% for money. Um, I'm pretty sure if you put your pennies away, you could afford her. Um, you know, something else I want to say about visiting a medium, a good medium, um, it can really help you to get your life back on track if you're in a rut, because they can read your soul contracts and explain them to you. And it helps to see, you know, where you get distracted and where you got off the rails. It helps us to understand the challenges in our relationships. But that said, I don't think it should be a regular event. And by that, I mean, before all the mediums of the world jump up and down and write to me, um, by that, I mean, don't go running to a medium every time you have a problem. Learn to develop and use your own intuition. That's the way to go. But to get the bigger picture, to get your life back on track, they can be of great help with that and always look for referrals. I've visited a great many mediums over the years and in my opinion, most are mediocre, some are downright rubbish and a few of them like Cynthia, well, they're worth every penny. So, um, and also don't go unless you want the honest truth. And when you do go, leave your ego at home. Always best when you do that. Okay, darlings, I'm going to change my glasses here. Hold on a moment. I some of some of these emails I've printed out in a very small font. <laughs> okay, this one is from Jorge, who asks, "Dear Rani, my friends are waking up. That's nice. Can you recommend a book, something easy to read, that explains where we went wrong with allowing government to rule our lives. I'm not looking for a metaphysics book. I want something on civics, but not in great detail. Um, Jorge, there are many, but if your friends are only just waking up, you're gonna have to go down the libertarian route. So I would start off with a book by Glenn Beck, and the name of that book is Common Sense. Common Sense by Glenn Beck. Short, easy to read, available in paperback, and it's one of the better 101 primers out there. So good luck with that. Uh, see if you can go to a secondhand bookshop and buy millions of them, because uh, once you read it, you're going to say, this is everything I wanted to tell people, but I couldn't articulate. So, uh, and if you want more recommendations for further study, drop me a line. I have a list, but start with that. Common Sense by Glenn Beck. Okay, moving on, moving on. Um, this is from Omit Personal Details, who asks, Ani, climate change true or false? Ha <laughs> ha, this comes up many times. False, the planet is alive. Weather is a thing. The climate change hoax has been trying to coax 
tax dollars out of we the people for well over a century now. Don't fall for it. The cabal will use it as they use everything else to control our behavior and turn us into caged automatons. Please, everyone out there, learn to see through these illusions. Stop falling for this BS. You are better than that. And here's an email from Peggy, who lives in Fort Myers, which I think is in Florida. Annie, my friend says the moon is a dead spaceship. <laughs> it sounds like a bridge too far, but with everything else going on, I have to ask. Peggy, I think we get this question pretty much every third or fourth week. Peggy, your friend is correct, mostly. The moon is an R&R &R area for advanced ET civilizations. So ship or station, not exactly sure. But um, yes, and I was surprised uh, when I heard about it many years ago, but it's been confirmed by multiple sources, both off-world and on the other side. So there we have it. Um, the moon <clears throat> is a ship. Cool. Where it's a recreational area where all the ETs go and have drinks and, um, you know, scream at each other about how slow our ascension process is you know there should be a song about it you know um fly me to the moon where et's hang out in bars the moon has better bars than the ones on jupiter and mars on fridays it's buy one get one free and before 8 p.m baby aliens eat free well, I'll work on that. Okay, uh, got all the question and answer comments today. They're very short ones, very interesting. Um, but let's take a couple more before moving on to our other segments, shall we? This is from Tatum in Grants Pass, Oregon, way down there by the border. Uh, Tatum says, Arnie, yes, Tatum, I have a question about A Course in Miracles. Oh, good. I am confused about the nature of physical illness. If we become physically ill, does that mean we are not spiritually aligned? Are we supposed to pray our way back to health and ignore the physical aspect? Is the physical aspect of life unimportant? Hmm, that's actually a good question. Ooh. Ah, Tatum. Well, the course requires us to spend time in prayerful contemplation, prayerfully contemplating these ideas, in alignment with our higher selves. So I suspect that in time you will be answer you'll be able to answer these questions yourself. But since we are in this loving moment together, I'm happy to put my 10 cents worth in. So yes, spirit came first, and yes, everything physical is a side effect of the thought process. So our thoughts do indeed guide our lives. That said, the course does not discount the importance of having a physical body, and it very much wants us to have a healthy, vital body in which to enjoy the earthly experience. Spirit has no ego programming, so I should say it doesn't see any value in sickness, in suffering and going through chronic pain. Spirit doesn't want or need us to do terrible things to our bodies. It knows that we need the body for earthly incarnation, and it tries to make us understand that a healthy mind and a healthy body belong together. After all, that is how Source expresses itself on this realm, Source Spirit, in a meaty human body. Um, source doesn't need medicine. And if the mind, our mind is aligned with Source, truly aligned, 
it will never let the body think it can become sick. Now, we humans, we use all sorts of excuses to justify being sick and needing medicine, but that's ego programming, that's not source. Divine mind will never make anyone sick. That's why our focus should be on accepting our true nature and living as gods in bods. Our minds, aligned with divine mind, cannot hold notions of self-punishment. That's what sickness is. Sickness is an error in perception. Say what you will about it, but the truth doesn't change. Now, are we terrible people for getting sick? No, it's a human realm. Will we get sick from time to time? Yes. Should we ignore it? No. See it for what it is. A wake-up call that says we are out of alignment. So align the mind and fix the body until you realize it needs no more fixing because your mind is one with divine mind. It is a process, my darlings. It's not going to happen overnight. And the course is very long-winded. Um, but there's a reason for that. By the way, I teach a course in miracles. Go to my website and check it out. I don't teach it in the traditional manner. Um, my classes are a lot of fun. But thanks for that. That was a good question and I think a jolly good answer. While we're at it, visit my website, arniavidician.com, and see all of the magnificent classes that I have on offer. All right, moving on. Um, back to questions and answers. This is from Archie in Humboldt County, California. Well, we all know what Humboldt County is famous for, don't we, Archie? <laughs> okay, um, Archie says, dear Arnie, assuming we have another election, I know my only option is to vote for Trump. That said, I have this strange feeling at the pit of my stomach that once he takes power, he will become a dictator. I have nothing solid to base this on, but I can't shift the feeling. Do you have any input for me? Archie, having survived seven or eight years of this upheaval, we all have weird sensations in the pits of our stomachs. Um, do I have any meaningful input for you? Let me see. Uh, I feel that the greater part of Trump's pre-birth agreement is about exposing corruption and restoring the Republic in alignment with the founders and framers original intention, but also to go beyond that and to break the multi-party system in favor of uh, what I want to call the American assembly. You know, no left and no right pushing their agendas, just a body of Americans with a moral compass doing what is best for America and Americans. You know, our country has become a big money laundering operation. The current puppet administration is working hard to make America a franchise of new world order, one world government. And I don't believe Trump would have stepped in when asked, because he was asked, he didn't start this. I don't believe Trump would have stepped in unless he knew in his deep heart's core that the Republic and the world was in grave danger. Now, does he have plans to overhaul the machinery of government? I do hope so. <laughs> and what will that look like? Um, I can't be sure. 
but I assume it will include dismantling the agencies that are corrupt to the core, and we have many of those, um, most of um, which have three initials. <laughs> those would be a good place to start. I believe the long-term goal is to trim federal government down as much as possible. And we can all agree, it, what kind of a trim does it need? It needs a military-style bus cut. But I truly believe that he, Trump, wants the opposite of globalization. He wants Americans to prosper. He does. He wants to see it become the land of the free and the home of the brave, not the land of the depraved and the home of the insane. Now, before that happens, assuming that happens, will he have to increase presidential powers over these agencies before dismantling them? I feel that's what you're trying to get at here. Um, I don't know, Archie. That seems like a slippery slope to me because, you know, the next president could be another corrupt minion of one world government. So you don't want to give the president those powers and then be out of office in four years, do you? I mean, look how difficult it was for Vladimir Putin to stay in power to keep the, you know, the Rothschilds out of his country. Um, in my opinion, the corruption runs so deep, we would be better off obliterating these agencies, executing the treasonous bastards who have sold their souls and creating new, you know, new agencies. But what do I know? Um, probably not much. But we are facing an almighty challenge here. We are at war with the darkest of forces. And if that isn't enough, a significant portion of the nation has no idea it is being targeted for extermination. You know, sometimes we feel like firemen screaming at the people standing in the makings of an inferno. Um, Come out, come out, and we're risking all we have to get them out, only to have them fight us and run back into the building and say, well, no, I mean, we like it in here. It's warm in here. Archie, the best I can offer is this. Um, become familiar with the history of America, all of it, pre and post Columbus. Study the US Constitution, and if there is any part of it you don't understand, take steps to correct that. It is imperative we know our history, all of it, and to understand the reason for declaring independence from British tyranny. Because if we have our facts straight and we understand the original intention, we can debate with confidence, and in doing so, influence and educate the woke idiots who run around like woke idiots and parrot being offended instead of picking up a book and engaging their minds. You know, we mustn't underestimate the little seeds that little people like you and I, Archie, can plant every day. And we must not delegate our salvation to others. We must know exactly what we stand for, Archie. So I believe the White Hats and Big Daddy T can pull this off the right way. And the right way is the long haul, apparently, the long way. I have an idea. Instead of Tupperware parties, let's start having sovereignty parties. We can get together on the fourth Thursday of the month or whatever, and, um, you know, refraining from petty parties and poopery, we can discuss the US Constitution and the history of America. Um, we could do our own version of weird and wacky tidbits from the anus of American history. I think that's an excellent idea. 
and it can be done on location or it can be done via Zoom. It can be done down at your local pub. You know, I know there are many such grassroots groups in existence, but if there's nothing in your area, why not round up your friends and start one? I have no idea what's going to happen or how it's going to happen. I know we've won. I know we're winning. I know it doesn't look like it. But as for the machinery, uh, misinformation war, I'm as confused as you are. But thanks for checking in, Archie. Let's take another question from the fishbowl. I'm trying to catch up with questions because we had a couple of episodes where we didn't really do many. Um, and this is from Mystery Metaphysician who asks, Ani, what exactly is the problem with a one world government? Wouldn't it be more convenient for everyone? Oh, mystery metaphysician, you're driving me to sip my drink. Hold on. Mm. Mm. I must say this drinky poo has really mm, grown on me. Right. Mystery. Would it be convenient? It will be convenient for the 1% of the top and it will be slavery for the 99%. Wanting convenience is what got us into this mess, darling. You know, having resources and services, both physical and intellectual, centralize was seen as a power handoff from we the people to they the creeples. Oh, yes, let's have everything in one place. So convenient. Make government bigger. Let them nickel and dime us to death so they can give us an apology of a stipend upon retirement. Let's give them more power so we don't have to engage in our future. They can figure it all out for us and we'll just go along with whatever they say because it's so much more convenient than actually participating in the expansion of cosmic consciousness. The purpose of an incarnation is to self-actualize, to self-realize, to fulfill our potential by accepting our true cosmic nature and living our human lives from that perspective, to let the spirit inhabit the human, the merging of which will open the way for a rewarding life experience a veritable cosmic space adventure right here on Mother Earth. And a world of obedient conformist automatons is a word, world devoid of color. That is not life. That's a computer program in which we are all NPCs, non-playing characters, living a convenient little life, a safe little life. And I'll add this. A realm of self-realized beings would never tolerate any form of government intrusion into its sovereignty. Sovereign was I created and sovereign shall I remain. Never shall I be dominated for the spirit within me reigns. No, darling, one world government is not on the books on this planet. It's, it's the wrong type of government for all the wrong reasons. You have to be very advanced spiritually to actually have a one world government that works. And we can talk about that another time. Let's take one more question, um, probably our last question for today. And this is from Gus, who's originally from Austin, Texas, but now he lives in Oregon. And Gus says, I think I remember something similar to this. Um, anyway, here's, here's Gus's letter. A while ago, I wrote to you for advice on the gopher invasion of my garden. If you remember, oh yes, if you remember we had a good laugh together and you came up with some crazy ways to combat them and I was about to try them out when you told me you were joking with me. Very funny and silly me for buying into your um, shenanigans. But once you stopped messing with me, you suggested making friends with the fairy folk on my property. Well, Arnie, I took your advice and guess what? 
It took a little while, but the gophers are gone. Just wanted to say thank you to you and tell you that I leave cupcakes and ginger beer for the fairies every Sunday afternoon. As you suggested, I dedicated one square foot as a place of ritual offering for the fey folk, and I say hi and thanks to them every day. Gus, I have no words. I'm very happy for you. Welcome to Oregon. The microbrew scene here is great. The state legislature, not so much, and uh, that's why we need the beer. So, huzzah, and uh, rest in peace, all of your gophers. Um, now, I did say that was going to be the last one, didn't I? But this email came in just before the start of the show. Um, so I'm going to read it. So just give me a minute to pull it off here. Mm. Mm. Arnie, they say they will indict Trump. I thought we were living in North America, not South America. What happens next? Your guess is as good as mine. The possibilities are endless. I'm not going to go down the, the rabbit warren of what ifs on this one, but just know that the white hats surely are prepared for this. After all, we're exposing the filth that has passed for government for decades. The whole world has seen Hunter Biden butt naked, smoking drugs from a pipe and bonking some chick or another. We have read his texts proving his dirty overseas financial stuff. WikiLeaks just dumped a big load of poo. Whistleblowers are popping up all over the place like the first daffodils of spring. Otherwise, healthy people are dying suddenly, the only common denominator being the jib jab. The cost of living is bankrupting the citizenry. Every science fiction scenario we warned people about, up to and including gender issues and transhumanism, is being played out in plain view. What happens next? I don't know. Our tax dollars are funneled out of the country to protect bioweapon labs on foreign shores, while veterans go without proper care and tens of thousands are homeless. Federal agencies have been taken over by the Enslave the Planet Earth Brigade. The mainstream media, the mouth of Sauron, spews globalist propaganda 24-7. Europe is imploding, but they don't want to show it on the news. It's no longer the news. It's, it should be called Satan spews. The public school system is churning out woke automatons. Parents are being told they have no rights over their children. Britain wants to put you in prison if you disagree with gender reassignment surgery. A difference of opinion apparently is a hate crime now. They want to eliminate cash and create a social credit system, which means they can prevent you from withdrawing your own money if you disagree with the establishment's narrative. They want to put us in smart cities, enslavement camps, and control our intake and output and starve or freeze us into submission should we display any signs of sovereignty. What happens next? I don't know. I'm just reading off what's already happened that half the people don't even know has happened. Should I go on? People discovering cures for cancer mysteriously disappear. Anyone experimenting with free energy either disappears or dies. Dozens of Hillary Clinton's friends and associates have committed suicide. Trump clearly won the election, clearly, and somehow the Luciferians took control. Climate change is a hoax, just another excuse to drain the people of their hard-earned cash and impose insane restrictions. 
the US Constitution, which is a work of art, is being ignored because the judges are either bought off or blackmailed or compromised in some way. The police are in turmoil because they don't know where their allegiance lies. Hint, my dear policemen, to protect and serve the people, we the people, not to do the bidding of the dark forces. What else? They want to stop food production and feed us bugs. What else do we want? They want to do away with all private property. They want to insert chips in people's brains. They have created an artificial intelligence that if not monitored properly is a terminator scenario waiting to happen. What happens next? Um, we shouldn't have let it go this far. They lied to us about Russia collusion. They lied to us about the Ukraine war. They lied to us about Ukraine biolabs. They lied to us about COVID-19. They lied to us about the lockdowns. They lied to us about the face masks. They lied to us about the vaccines. They lied to us about ivermectin. They lied about hydroxychloroquine. They lied to us about social media censorship. They lied to us about the steel dossier. They lied to us about the 2020 election. They lied to us about the 2022 midterms. They lied about Hunter's laptop. They lied about Hillary's emails. They lied about FBI, CIA spying on us. They lied about election interference. They lied about 9-11. They lied about Saddam and Iraq. They lied about Pizzagate. They lied about sex trafficking. They lied about Epstein. They lied about Patriot Act. They lied about the global war on terror, the southern border, January the 6th, Vietnam, Watergate, JFK, RFK, MLK Jr., BLT, Benghazi, Afghanistan, the war on drugs, AIDS, HIV, cancer, climate change, the New Green Deal, food, water, and the purity thereof, the Federal Reserve, the Washington Act of 1871, mass shootings, the Great Reset, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, Anthony Wiener Wiener's laptop, WikiLeaks, Julian Assange, why is he still in prison? They lied about Waco, Ruby Ridge, Nashville, Las Vegas, Hollywood, Oklahoma bombing. They lied about gold. They lied to us about the Klan Obama. They lied to us about Haiti. They lied to us about investments in general. They lied about Chinese spy balloons. They lied and sold you a crock of shit under the label of feminism. They lied about what happens in Antarctica. They lied about the Freemasons. They lied about Operation Mockingbird, Paperclip, Bluebeam, MKUltra, Chemtrails, Roswell, Moon Landings. They created organizations like Antifa and BLM to create discord because we were just beginning to get our little fledgling nation doing really well, everybody getting along. And then they glorified victimhood and poverty over sovereignty and prosperity. What happens next? You know, I mean, I could go on, but I think I've made my point. And I'm sorry if that sounded excessive. But at what point are people going to stop asking what happens next and get up there and do the next thing? Again, this is delegating your salvation. I'm not asking you to take your AK-47s and show up at the Capitol building. Please do not do that. But whatever it is that you do well, do it. What happens next is up to the American people, a heavily armed American people. 
You know, when I became an American citizen, I know, I know you're all sick of hearing about it, but it was Groundhog Day, um, which I, I think is just lovely. But it was the greatest day of my life thus far. Something deep within me changed. I felt that switch in gears. I knew that it was all or nothing from that moment on. And it's not something that you can put into words. It's an inner knowing. You know, the often insane trajectory of my life path suddenly made sense that day. I knew I was going to be part of something that will be discussed and celebrated for millennia. Each and every one of us can play a part in the restoration of the Republic. The first step, and perhaps the only step some of us will take, is this. Stop participating in lies. Stop feeling that you are powerless. There is a time to speak and a time to remain silent, yes, I know. But right now, your silence is acceptance. Educate yourselves and tell people you disagree with them and tell them why. Educate yourselves, but remain objective. Don't let the extent of the evil, which is considerable, get to you. Stay in the light because the light is real and the darkness is a clever trick. It's an illusion. If you do nothing other than not obey immoral instructions, you have done mankind a great service. Define your core values and remain true to them. If you do nothing else but the aforementioned, you have made a difference. A team should not rely on the quarterback to win the game. Every player must play his or her part. Again, do you want to live in the land of the free and the home of the brave? Or do you want to live in the land of the internment camp and the home of the coward? Darlings, my fellow Americans, it's big girl and big boy panty time. The beast will not be taken down in one fell swoop. The beast is big and strong because we have spent far too long feeding it. It will be killed by the death of a thousand cuts. And when it is bleeding out, weak, crawling, with no ability to produce new illusions with which to trick our minds, when it is there, it's rotting carcass for all to see what they have supported and defended all these years. Then whomsoever wants to play the hero can strike the final blow, and we care not who that might be. We just want to see it dead. And it's going to take each and every one of us doing something to make that happen. Whew. I think I'm going to have a sip of my drinky poo now. Mm. Oh. And just to let you know, I'm nowhere near as angry as I sound. For some reason, because I have an English accent, people think I'm angry all the time. I'm not. Well, I'm not angry now. I do occasionally get angry. Let me take a moment to thank the people who made intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, home of the Shungite beehives. Mystical Wares is located at 17869 State Route 536, Mount Vernon, Washington 98273, and also online at mysticalwares.com. 
In addition to a large selection of metaphysical items, they offer aura readings and scalar energy healing sessions, and they often have in-store events. So visit their website and check them out. Online or on location, my darlings, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. Now, I thought we would have time to do some weird and wacky tidbits from the anus of history. Um, let's see if we can. I, I took a few days off recently. I went to the beach. I found myself, as I always do, in a local used bookstore, which for me is the closest thing to heaven on earth. And I found this little book titled 2000 Questions and Answers About the Civil War. Um, and let me apologize right now to my Telegram group, because I stated I was going to talk about the Battle of Bunker Hill today, but I pontificated for too long. So Bunker Hill, Breed's Hill, will have to wait um, until the next podcast, which goes out on August the 7th. And oh, by the way, if you want to join my spirit-centered, free-thinking, patriot Telegram group, it's Ani Mad Shaman Avedisian Chat, Ani Mad Shaman Avedisian Chat, it's where all the cool martini heads hang out. Um, and I don't think I've actually got time for all the tidbits. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you. <laughs> well, this is live, people. I have no control and I'm, and I'm drinking alcohol. Um, this is one of my favorite childhood poems uh, about America. I've been obsessed with America, you know, my entire life. Um, when I was a young girl, I wanted to marry Hoss from uh, from Bonanza. So, you know, there you have it. This one is by James Jeffrey Roche, um, who was an Irish-American poet, journalist, and diplomat. And it's titled Gettysburg. Um, a little bit of Civil War uh, poetry here. Um, I, it, it's just a very well-written poem, and it moves me. So I'm going to attempt to move you with it. There was no union in the land, though wise men labored long with links of clay and ropes of sand to bind the right and wrong. There was no temper in the blade that once could cleave a chain. Its edge was dull with touch of trade and clogged with rust of gain. The sand and clay must shrink away before the lava tide. By blows and blood and fire assay, the metal must be tried. Here sledge and anvil met, and when the furnace fiercest roared, God's undiscerning working men reforged his people's sword. Enough for them to ask and know, the moment's duty clear. The bayonets flashed it there below, the guns proclaimed it here. To do and dare and die at need, but while life lasts to fight, for right or wrong, a simple creed, but simplest for the right. They faltered not who stood that day and held this post of dread, nor cowards they who wore the grey until the grey was red. For every wreath the victor wears, the vanquished half may claim, every monument declares a common pride and fame. We raise no altar stones to hate, who never bowed to fear. No province crouches at our gate to shame our triumph here. Here, standing by a dead wrong grave, the blindest now may see the blow that liberates the slave but sets the master free. 
When ills beset the nation's life too dangerous to bear, the sword must be the surgeon's knife too merciful to spare. O soldier of our common land, tis thine to bear that blade, loose in sheath or firm in hand, but never unafraid. When foreign foes assail our right, one nation trusts to thee, to wield it well in worthy fight, the sword of Mead and Lee. I think it's a beautiful poem that honours all sides, not just the victor. Um, lovely little poem that. Um, mm, thank you for letting me share it with you. And my darlings, I mean, we are very close to the end of the show, but we can't end the show, as we all know, until I finish my drink. So give me a moment to finish my drink. Mm. 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 Oh, mm. Whoa. that'll put hair on your chest. Well, hopefully not on my chest. Um, so now I can say, darlings, I think that's it for today. I finished my drink and that always means the end of the show. Listen, I just love doing this show and I, I hope you enjoy listening in as much as I enjoy recording it because it gives me great pleasure to join with you, all of you like-minded, spirit-centered freethinkers, every other Wednesday. And together we share our brilliance and our bullshit and it's a beautiful thing. Today's real-life cocktail is a tribute to all the patriots in all branches of the American military and that includes the Coast Guard. It's called a Betsy Ross, and I warn you, it will knock you on your ass. Here's how to make it. One and a half ounces of brandy. I'm using Lepanto Solera. One and a half ounces of tawny port. I'm using Sandeman 20-year-old tawny. And a dash of triple sec, but don't use triple sec. Use Grand Marnier. So put it all into your little cocktail shaker with cracked ice, but do not shake it stir it it's very important stir it and then strain it into chilled cocktail glasses i like to use the little small coupe cocktail glasses four to five ounces capacity max and then sip it very slowly because it's really very very strong but it's incredibly tasty it's about 95 degrees in my office today. I think I should have chosen a summer drink. So save this one for November, December, January, and February. Now remember folks, cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat, especially this one. If you use top quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one drink is all you need. I'm Ani, mad as the day is long, Abadician. This was a metaphysical martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, there can be no ascension without authenticity. Do not live in fear, do not live in falsehood. Better to die than to do that. And whatever else you get up to, my sweet darlings, let the spirit inhabit the human. have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini with Ani Alphadesian, The Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com.